and we got two when he's healthy, like why aren't we passing it more than we're running it, especially when we have Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert banged up every year? I mean, wouldn't shock me if they if they would want to run the ball more. Just the injuries prevented them from doing so. Uh, but overall, I think like we will see uh, like a system pretty close to what we saw last year, just a bit more emphasis on the run. But I, I still think they will pass more than a regular Shanahan system because, as you mentioned, like they have the personnel and so on. They have basically like two Debo Samuels. So yeah, I I think they will they will keep the the pass happy offense, but they will put a bit more emphasis on the run when they get this run game. And I mean, they've been telling us this all off season. They were in Dalvin Cook. They were in on Zeke. They were in on Josh Jacobs, apparently. They have been knocking on the door of every single running back that's been available. So, I mean, from all indications that we get, it seems that it's a team that wants to run more. They just did, they just weren't capable of it last year. And should change some this year. Because yeah. Miami kind of gets it. They get that they're, oh, I'm in a division with, you know, Bill Belichick, and I also have Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to contend with. Oh, and Aaron Rodgers just got here. So this division isn't going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination like it has been for the last two decades, basically, with New England. So they get it. They want the best personnel. They want to score the most points, and they're hoping that that will equate to victory. Because I'm not quite sure how many teams have the proper personnel to stop them, quite honestly. Yeah, not a lot, especially not in the division. I don't think any of those defenses are stellar apart from the Jets. And even the Jets, there should be some regression there. And they they aren't particularly great in the, in the linebacker core, so... The Jets played amazing last season. The Jets also had a paper-thin schedule. Yeah. So, I agree. I'm not sure how much of that was the Jets playing great and how much of that was the competition that was on the field wasn't really there to exploit any of their weaknesses. I think that's going to change this year, especially because they won more games, even if it was – I don't even remember who the Jets quarterback was last year. Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach and part of it was Mike White. Or a good part oh, of it yeah, was Mike White. Mike White. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, Mike White. And I believe they also started like uh oh they played a few series of that guy from the CFL that everyone was was up in arms for the preseason. Like Chris so, Steffler, was it then? What was his name? And here's here's the counterpoint to what I was saying though. Here I'll I'll give you my point, I'll give you my counterpoint. Aaron Rodgers being there is going to run a more efficient, more precision offense. So they're going to have the ball more. The defense isn't going to have to be generationally great for the Jets to have a good defense. They're just going to need to be good. So I I think I could see it both ways. I could see the Jets finishing as a top five defense, and I could see them not, just based on a lot of factors. So yeah, anyway, I just think like especially. 
Oh, um, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, especially like in, in the vision, like especially like versus the Dolphins and so on, which were the which was the team we were talking about, like the intermediate stuff and the intermediate part of the field, especially if like the, the running game develops. I think that's a weakness that they can explore versus like the Jets, for example, who, although they had a great defense last year, the linebacker core wasn't the greatest and really didn't really improve that much this offseason. So that was basically my point. Like in in division, I think especially like setting up their run game versus the 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 the, the defenses in that division. I don't think any of them has the personnel to stop what Miami does. So oh okay, he, you brought up a good point that maybe I want to discuss further. You said that the linebacking core for the Jets is the biggest weak point, and I agree with you on that. So is that does that mean that the the Dolphins going for a running back? was more to exploit that because unlike a lot of the teams in the AFC East, the Jets do have a really good secondary and they do have players who can kind of prevent that air raid that they could go for. Yeah, and I mean, you have to you have to know your division and you, you basically build your team around be beating your division. Those are your main rivals. And if you look right. like at the AFC East, it's not just the Jets that have a, a weak linebacker core. If you look at the Bills, they lost Edmonds this this past offseason. Uh, he went to the Chicago Bears. So the linebacker core wasn't great already. I wasn't a big Edmonds fan, but he was still a pretty good player. Uh, but they took a, a hit there. They took a downgrade. I mean, the front seven is still sound, but like the linebacker core in specific isn't that great. And if you look at the, the Patriots... I mean, the defense is always okay or good overall, but the linebacker core is still one of probably their biggest issues right now. So it's smart for Miami to go for that. What, what? Sorry. always have a good secondary. Yeah. Yeah, and they also also used to used to to get a lot of good pressure on the QB, but the linebacker core isn't usually that good. So, I mean... Miami is just building, uh, building a team that can beat their opponents, their division rivals, and that's what you have to do in the NFL to be successful. You have to first beat the teams in your division and then go on to to improve those the small areas in the team. So smart roster construction, in my opinion. I like the Dolphins. Uh, just have some troubles with the two elf, and if they get JT, I mean, and if they if they pay him, some people will obviously. Like, say that it isn't the best decision in the world to pay a running back like 14 to 15 million per year. But I mean, at the end of the day, two is still under rookie contract, not for a whole lot longer. But I mean, I don't think you will get oh, one of those. Yeah, I just don't think you will get one of those major, major extensions because like the first years were pretty rocky and then the, the injuries and so on. So I would, it wouldn't shock me if it's one of those QBs that take a more team friendly deal, especially early on. So I think they they will be able to conciliate um, the two deals and uh, the JT deals going forward. So, moving forward, the the Josh Jacobs, the Raiders came to an agreement with Josh Jacobs, and apparently he will be good to go week one. If I'm not mistaken, it was a one year around twelve million dollars. Am I correct on that? Yeah, pretty much what Barkley got. Yep. So. Yeah. That's good. I think the Raiders still are a dumpster fire of an offense that no one's going to want to be around come to the trade deadline. But Josh Jacobs is a very talented running back. And, I mean, hey, something's better than nothing, especially if you're the Raiders and you're having to start Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Or Aidan O'Connell. Stop it. <laughs> Next, the most shocking for me, I didn't even realize this until you told me, Cade York got cut by the Browns. So, yeah. Cade, I thought, because I watched Cade in the Cincinnati games, I thought he looked really poised and he looked really solid and had a lot of potential. He was a young guy. I believe he was a rookie last season. And apparently he struggled in preseason. He said he missed about half of his field goal attempts and they decided to go in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, I believe he was a third or fourth round draft pick last year. And he had a solid rookie season. Yeah, exactly. And he, he had a solid season, in my opinion. Wasn't the greatest, wasn't the more consistent, the most consistent of guys. But, I mean, he still had a pretty solid season for a rookie. Uh, I mean, in this offseason, he struggled a lot. All of the talks from Kevin Stefanski and so on was that his job wasn't at risk and that he, he had the full trust of the, the team. But apparently, that's long gone now. Uh, they traded for Dustin Hopkins, I believe, from the Chargers, who lost the kicking job there. Uh, besides not learning like that you shouldn't use like high draft capital on a kicker, they went ahead and like cut their third or fourth round pick last year, and then they spent an, a seventh round pick on a guy that would be cut in Dustin Hopkins. So, I mean, some teams just never le- really learn. Wouldn't be shocked if like York is the guy that goes somewhere else and like actually does something with his career and like an Aguayo, because dude has a leg and it was... It really seems like his confidence was shot in Cleveland. So maybe a change of scenery scenario could could be good for him. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he's one of those guys that has a, a career resurgence. And he should get a season, a, a chance somewhere else. I mean, he was a third or fourth round pick. So So you remember, I believe it was the last episode I said, the, I don't see how the Browns are so bad because they try so hard to be great. This is another instance of them trying so hard because honestly, I think the right move was to keep York and see what York can turn into. And I, and I don't think if this was, I was going to say Sam, Shashi Brown, that this would have happened because I don't think a, they would have invested as much in draft capital on York as they did. And B, if they did, I don't think they would have, they would have just cut bait after a year and a bad preseason. I mean, I I was pretty shocked as well when I learned about the news. The dude struggled like in preseason, but it's still preseason. I think you had to give him a chance in regular season, put those ghosts away for the week, maybe like reset his, his systems and so on. And just like give him a shot. I mean, if he, if he messes up a week or so, if like he, messes up in train in training and so on and in practices i mean so be it but i mean it's preseason mistakes did clearly as a lag it was just like overthinking what he was doing i mean i saw an instance where he i, mean, I believe it was like that that game where the the browns tied it and he had a chance to to get the team the win at the end and he kicked it uh he missed it i believe but there was a penalty and had to redo the kick and you could see that he basically like just overthinked it and instead of like slightly adjusting it it just went completely the other way so i mean it's mental errors dude as a leg I, I think it could have been fixed did you they were as you mentioned uh they are trying way too much and like spending a seventh round on a guy that would have been cut and yet you could have just gotten for a vet minimum. Don't think it was smart as well. They're just 
badly managing their assets, in my opinion. And I wouldn't be shocked if like York makes them pay for it by going to a team and actually looking good. The Browns are sending a message, which is you cannot make mistakes. We want to win now. And that's not like, bros, you just came off. Did they even get to seven wins last season? You're coming off. Uh, I don't believe so. You're coming off a sub 500 season. I get you invested all of this in Deshaun Watson and you have invested all this time, money and draft capital onto the current roster. But at the same time, you're not a winning team until you start winning. So how about and you get that right first before you figure out cutting your third round kicker because of a few mistakes in preseason? Yeah, they actually were seven and ten last year. But oh. still, I mean they were they are demanding perfection when the Cleveland Browns have clearly not been like the most well run model of consistency, so Seems like they're trying way too much, as you mentioned. Yes. So, do we have any more news? J- well, JSN, he's going to start the season off the pup list, which means he should play by week four. I will say we have Twitter doctors because the NFL is such a huge machine, and a lot of them are saying that there is no way with the surgery he got, that he's going to have a full range of motion with his wrist and that could affect his ability to catch early in the season. Yeah, I think anything before week four to six, he won't be at 100%. Even if he plays, he won't be himself. So I just don't understand the move. Putting him on the pub, getting the extra roster spot would have been the move in my opinion, but they are apparently way too optimistic on them. So... Let's see what happens there. I don't expect much in the first four seasons in the first in the first four weeks for him. No, no way. Especially after that kind of surgery. Like JSN is a supremely talented wide receiver, and I think he's the best wide receiver out of that class. In fact, some people would say he's the best, you know, praised wide receiver since Jamar Chase. But come on, the dude's human. <laughs> like. Yeah. He, he broke his wrist so yeah I wouldn't expect much there I do have another two pieces of news that I want to talk about Shoot. Uh, one of them happened a few year, a few a few days ago which was Trey Lance got traded to the to the Dallas Cowboys for a 2024 third uh, round pick I believe I mean surprising stuff uh when we talked about the the schedule and uh, the records for the 49ers. I thought Lens would have would have had a chance to to be the starter. Apparently, got beat out in camp by Sam Darnold, and the the remarks from Kyle Shanahan was that they thought they got more than they were hoping for in the Trey Lance deal. But John Lynch mentioned that due to accountability for for not being up to par of being the top three pick, and basically just asked to get traded somewhere else where he could have a chance to be the number two on the team. So I respect him for that, but... So here's the thing. Um, The San Francisco 49ers weren't your normal number three overall team during that draft. And Trey Lance, I think, had the expectations that he would be great because, I mean... 
look at him. He has all the physical tools. He has a good arm. He has great legs. He has all the tools that you would need to be a great quarterback in today's NFL. What I think the 49ers, not Kyle Shanahan, if it's true that he wanted Mac Jones over Trey Lance, but the 49ers brass in general kind of didn't assess their team the way they should have. They, I, I think they undersold it because the 49ers are a team that are going to be expecting to competing for Super Bowls like quick, fast, and in a hurry. They needed someone who was ready. And Trey Lance, despite all the tools and despite all the physical ability, was not ready. He was the most raw out of that class. And it's true. Honestly, honestly, I wish that it was Trey Lance sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for those three years and not Jordan Love. Because I think if that happened, we could have seen something great. But Trey Lance was thrust with this responsibility because the 49ers traded, you know, heaven and earth to get up to number three. Then they selected a guy with raw talent and expected him to be ready to lead them on an NFC championship run. Like, bro, what? They expected too much. The talent was there, but they expected too much too soon. And they've, I, I think they've given up too quick, but I honestly don't think they really gave him a fair shake to begin with. I mean, yeah, the dude has 519 passes in his entire career. Uh, I'm not sure if this is like completely accurate, but it's, it's way, way too low. I mean, dude had all of the, have all of the mystique around him that it was like an elite athlete and he had all those traits that people glamour for. And then he plays like two get two games in this in a season as supposedly that he was going to be the starter. He plays two games and they they basically just pull the plug. I mean, they know more than we do because they are at camp, but it seems like they gave up on him way too early. I mean, he was a project when he was drafted. There was like two years and he barely played, so he's still a project. I think, as you said, they gave up on him way too soon. I think Dallas could have. Could have something here. I mean, they didn't pay much. Uh, basically, basically, the 49ers turned like three first round picks into a fourth rounder, and they are still like one of the best teams in the league. So it's kind of infuriating as a division rival. Uh, but yeah, I think, as you said, I think they gave up on him way too soon, and they they just blundered it in the draft. That's I believe that's why Shanahan wanted Mac Jones because he was like pro ready and so on. And I think he knew that. And the more and more I I read the Trey Lance was a GM pick, the more I believe it. But still, at the end of the day, any other team would have probably gotten their head coach and their GM can't if they pulled this. But the Niners are so well run, and Kanan is such a, a great coach that it, it, it was basically nothing. They just felt like they're starting QB as the last pick in the draft. Yeah. It's... It's stunning, actually. Yeah, it, it's – you should admire – if you don't admire what Shanahan and the 49ers front office has accomplished with this, how? Like, <laughs> there are, like, the, the list of coaches who failed because they couldn't get a franchise quarterback on their team is, like, longer than – I don't even – I don't need, I know that's too offensive to say, but it's a long freaking list. It's a long <laughs> freaking list. 
So, and then it's just not that. It's just that you look at even their their previous drafts and so on. I mean, they constantly blunder like I I hand draft picks. Like for example, Trey Sermon in twenty twenty one third round pick completely blundered. Tyrion Davis Price third round pick in twenty twenty two blundered. Danny Gray third round pick in twenty twenty two blundered. And then even like first round picks and so on. Like Javon Kinlaw. I mean, he has been good. Still not what you expect from that type of draft capital. Uh, Solomon Thomas a few years ago and Ruben Foster, for those who remember him, uh, completely blundered. Dante Pettis, remember Dante Pettis, second rounder in 20, 2018, completely blundered. I mean, it's it's impressive what they achieved with like, blundering so many picks in this Shanahan era. But I mean, speaks volumes to how good of a coach he is. Makes very good omelets without many eggs. Is there anything else you want to talk about the preseason? Because I'm just about ready for the preseason to be done. Next week, we will be reviewing the Lions and Chiefs, which is going to kick off the NFL season and giving some predictions on that. But do you have anything else for the preseason? Any particular – I can't say – Just that – yeah, I just had one more piece of news that happened today. Okay. Quite shocking to me. Uh, basically, like, the Cardinals cut Colt McCoy today which I, I mean i mean it is because Kyler murray starting the season on the pup so we will miss the first four four weeks of the season at least and colt mccoy i mean didn't play awful last year so and he was the guy who was there the the long so i was kind of surprised when they cut him and now they are basically down to clayton soon which they drafted like super late this year uh and they also acquired like josh Dobbs, who was about to to get cut so, I mean, weird QB room and weird decision. Yeah, I was as well. I mean, maybe they are just either sold on Kyler being the guy, which I don't believe, or they are just fully tanking for Caleb. But yeah, I mean, surprising that they, they cut a guy who knew the system as well as Colt did. Still not the, the same offense as last year, but I mean, he spent most of the camp with the team. And instead of keeping Colt, they basically just went with Josh Dobbs, who has experience with their now offensive coordinator. But I mean, still, bottling decision that, I mean, if they wanted to do this, maybe get Dobbs earlier. But I, I read somewhere that they tried to sign him in the offseason and it just didn't materialize. Still, weird move to me. I mean, if you invested in Colt McCoy, like all of the training camp and so on, maybe just keep the dude. I mean, it's four weeks and I just don't see the difference, but intriguing moves. Maybe they are just going to go with Clayton soon. Maybe they should be, really should be a surprise. On the team. Which, by the way, like, <laughs> they have... <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the, the Cardinals are another team that's Pretty close to dumpster fire status in my in my opinion too. So <laughs> Okay. But that's all for the news, I believe. Okay. So the basketball podcast is gonna be doing this or that this coming Sunday. So in the you know, idea of stealing content from them, we're gonna do that as well. And we actually have a pretty decent list of things that we can discuss. Um, the one I actually want to start with is Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter. Which one you got? Yeah. <laughs> I brought this one up because we always seem to go back and forth on these guys. But I'm actually going to go Sam Howell. 
I mean, I think Howell has Crazy. dude was pretty good in college in in NC uh, back in North Carolina. He was pretty good, and I mean, he seems to have the full confidence of Ron Rivera. I I think like in his last season, uh, he played like one game, started one game. He wasn't terrible. Eleven for nineteen. He had one touchdown. He still had one pick. He had some decent numbers on the ground. He wasn't excellent by any means, but in in the preseason, he has looked pretty darn good. And I, it, it wouldn't shock me if he's one of those guys that goes to North Carolina. He played really good. He was being talked as as a high end, as a top end draft pick before his, his last season in North Carolina. Then he took a dip. So he lost some of his weapons that went to the NFL and he ended up being drafted. I believe it was in the fifth round. Wouldn't be shocked if he's one of those guys that actually looks pretty decent in the NFL and has a, an NFL career. Desmond Ritter, I mean, we've talked about it. I I like the Falcons overall. I don't like Desmond Ritter, as I've said. I don't think he will finish the season as a starter. It's just that I like the team overall, and I think any QB will, will make it work enough to win the division. But Sam Howell is one of the guys that I think will, will be pretty surprising this offseason. How about you? I got Desmond Ritter. Like, be, because of a lot of the things that you just said, they have the better weapons. They have Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London. They just drafted Bijan Robinson. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. This question isn't hard to me. Why? I mean, why, why wouldn't the team with all the better stuff also be able to facilitate the better quarterback, especially when both quarterbacks are considered unproven? I mean, I would say that Sam Howell looked better to me in North Carolina in that se- season that he had prior to being drafted. Uh, he looked so... better in college. That's fine. It's the NFL, and the NFL is more or less dictated by what's around you unless you're like Patrick Mahomes. And, and he has looked... These guys are Patrick Mahomes. So... And in my opinion, he has looked better than Desmond Ritter in preseason. And I mean, are we, are we saying that, like... Washington doesn't have any weapons. Are we saying that he doesn't have probably the better receiving weapon? He doesn't weapon? have Kyle Pitts. He doesn't have Drake London. I mean, isn't Terry McLaurin better than Drake London or Kyle Pitts no. as a receiver? Oh, I no. think it is. Stop oh, it. Terry McLaurin is way too underrated, dude. Dude is just it's a great wide receiver. He's probably what? In my opinion, he's a top 15 wide receiver in the league. Probably top 12. Wouldn't be shocked if it's top 10. You a Terry Stan. You are now. I mean, I have, I have been a Terry Stan for a while. I think the dude is really great. He's an amazing route runner, in my opinion. He's an amazing separator. He hasn't had much to work with at the the wide receiver at the QB position. And I think. But you that, think Sam Howell is it? Sam Howell is an improvement over what he had in years prior. Yes. <laughs> I think Sam Howell will shock you, and I mean. He also has the Jahan Dodson, who was pretty good last year, and he has been improved. In, has been improving in the offseason. He has looked good in the offseason, and he has the original B. Rob. I mean, you might have Bijan Robinson, but I mean, he has Brian Robinson. So stop it! <laughs> it's the original B. Rob, and I mean, dude has that stick around him. Got got shot in the in the leg. Still came back, still played. I mean, how many times was B. John shot in the leg and came back to play? I think it's none. So, B. Rob keeps winning those. 
Robinson, Bijan Robinson is in like another stratosphere than Brian Robinson Jr. Stop it. <laughs> I, I won't disagree with that, but I, I like I like Brian Robinson as a running back, and he still has Antonio Gibson as well to work with, which is, was one of the most athletic run uh, athletic running backs to to participate in that combine, even with JT in the same combine. So, I mean, I think the team is is good. I mean, it doesn't have the same offensive line as Atlanta does. The defense, I think I think Atlanta has a slightly better defense, but I, I don't hate Washington's defense. So, yeah, I think I mean, not only... I, I, don't, I don't get what you're saying. Like, do you even see Washington as above last place in their own division? No, but that's because the division is. I mean, I mean, but the Falcons have the easiest schedule in the in the whole league, and they also have like the easiest division in the whole league. And while Washington is probably the hardest division in the league to play against, so So why is Sam Howell better than Desmond Ritter at the end of the season? Because if Sam Howell was on the Atlanta Falcons, I don't think it would it would even be a debate. As to whether they would win the division or not, I think they would have easily win ten to eleven games. That's a lot of respect for Sam Al. I simply do not have. Yeah, I think that it will be pretty good, and it will surprise you. He's much better than Desmond Ritter, in my opinion. Uh huh. All right. <laughs> so what's another good one? I I like this one, and I wish Austin was here for this one because it's a it's a good one for a Cowboys fan. Cowboys or Jaguars? I think we might agree on this one. But Cowboys or Jaguars? Two teams that I don't particularly love. I mean, I've mentioned that I don't like a lot of Dex game. And I've mentioned that I think like that the old Trevor Lawrence hype we're getting is a tad overrated. Uh, yeah, I don't believe so. But I, I have them both around 9 to 10 win teams. Uh, I would. I think I would give the the edge slightly to Jaguars, probably, probably okay. because of the division. I mean, in a neutral like division and so on, if they both face the same division, I would give it to the Cowboys. But the Jaguars oh. facing such a weaker a weaker division than the Cowboys, I have to go with them. I mean, they play Tennessee and they play like Colts and Texans. Well, the Cowboys, but like the Eagles, the Giants, and the Sam Sam led Washington Commanders. So I have to go with the Jaguars. I think the teams. Oh my god! I think the teams are pretty, pretty close. I believe in terms of talent. I don't think there's a massive gap. I do like Trevor's game a bit more than I like Dex's game. Uh, so I I would have to go with the Jags. It's the Jags for multiple reasons. For for multiple reasons. One, while the Jags don't have the wow factor of someone like C.D. Lamb, they do have a lot of really good weapons. Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne. They got Zay Jones over there. They have... I actually honestly like their offense a little bit better than the Cowboys for this reason. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but who did the Cowboys lose in the offseason? Are we really going to talk about Dalton Kincaid? Uh, about the, no, Dalton Schultz? No, we're going to oh, talk about their okay. offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Oh, okay. 
I mean, they lost Kellen Moore, and the rumor is that McCarthy is going to be calling plays for this team. Here's the thing: Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, aren't the same quarterback. So. Even though they have all these fancy weapons, they have the C.D. Lamb, they have the Tony Pollard, they have everything to suggest that they should be passing the ball at a high volume. I'm telling you, McCarthy, there's a better than 50% chance McCarthy comes in here and he's like, and we're going to call run plays on the first two, and then we're going to pass it on third down, and they won't be expected. I'm telling you, the Cowboys offense, there's a great chance the Cowboys offense do not run like the Cowboys offense should run. And that's part of the reason why I prefer the Jaguars. Because, I mean, if we're talking about positional groups, you mentioned Ridley, you mentioned Kirk, you mentioned, like, Zay Jones. I would still prefer CD, Cooks, and Gallup over all of those guys. I would still prefer Pollard to ETN. So, the O-line, it's basically a wash, in my opinion. Especially with, I believe it's Robinson, will miss, like, the first few games because of the PED suspension. So, yeah. The, the Jags know who the Jags are. I'm not sure the Cowboys quite know that yet. Yeah, that's that's why I have the Jaguars slightly ahead because I think Mike McCarthy will screw it. I think he will he will call a way to conservative game plan, and it will hurt the Cowboys. It will be a very run heavy team when I don't think yeah, and I don't think they need to. I think they are pretty dynamic offense, even with all the the deck press mistakes. I mean, yeah, I, I don't see it with McCarthy. That's part of the issue I have with the Cowboys and why I don't love them as a, a top-tier team. And that's why I slightly prefer the Jags here. Okay. It's not a landslide, though. I think it is. I think um, there, there's, there is something that you get. There's an advantage you get. When you know, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, try and stop me. That cannot be undersold. And the Cowboys aren't that anymore. I mean, the Jaguars are. We are basically saying that Mike McCarthy knows what he wants to do. He knows he wants to run the ball. He wants to be a run first team. And yeah, it, it has worked. I mean, it has worked. I mean, we are criticizing McCarty for, for going way more conservative than he should. He has Dak Prescott now. And he did win a Super Bowl with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, and we, we always criticize these coaches that want to be more conservative and that has the, this, like, run-heavy style of offense, like Pete Carroll, for example. We always criticize him quite a bit. But, I mean, in the end of the day, it's winning football and... It grinds them wins, gets them results. Doesn't always go to perfection. And as a fan of the Seahawks, I would prefer them to to be more more aggressive and more aggressive at times. But at the end of the day, I mean, if it wins games, it's it's probably not wrong. So we'll see. I I like the Jaguars' ability to win games more than the Cowboys too. But that might have something to do with their schedule and their division. So, the division points for me. So, do we need to talk about Bills Bengals? I'm guessing we both have the Bengals, right? Yeah, that's okay. that's the Bengals to me. Okay, Falcons Saints. 
Who do you got? I mean, it's obviously the Falcons. Okay. It's it's still the Falcons. I, I don't think the QB will matter here. I think either Ritter or like Tyler Heineke, one of them will will lead this team to division title. And I mean, I don't see the appeal of the Saints as much as you do. I think Derek Carr is like Andy Dalton 2.0, slightly Andy Dalton. Uh, the offense, I mean, I mean, Drake London Pitts is probably better than like current Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. The running backs, I mean, Bijan is probably better than current Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams and like Kendra Miller. Uh, like, and you also have like depth behind Bijan. You also have Tyler Algier and you still have Cordell Patterson. So deal line, I think it goes to, to Atlanta. And defensively, I mean, Atlanta has done a ton to improve it. I mean, they added your guy, Jesse Bates. They added David Onyemata from the Saints. They added Caden Ellis from the Saints as well. Uh, they also added more pieces, I believe, that I can't quite recollect right now. So, but, I mean, here's the thing. The weapons things worked in the last debate is because I acknowledge Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter are within the case for Derek Carr and Desmond Ritter. Derek Carr has accomplished more you are cutting just last season than you Desmond Ritter up. probably yeah. ever is going to. So, no. It is not a debate. I don't care that the weapons for the Falcons are better. Derek Carr is there. The, the Saints will be fine. The offense will be fine. I mean... I think it will, it will be fine. I just don't think it will be enough to win the division, in my opinion. Uh, I think, like, the additions that the, the Falcons did everywhere, basically will be enough to win the division, especially with, like, the easiest schedule in the league. Uh, the Saints do have the second easiest as well. But, I mean, I look at every position group they have. I mean, offensive line, I give it to the Saints. Uh, wide receiver room, probably to the... No, uh, my bad. Offensive line, I give it to the Falcons. Wide receiver room, I probably give it to the Saints. Tight end room, I give it to the Falcons. Running back room, Falcons. And defense overall... Maybe apart from like defensive backs, I think I give them all to the Falcons. And even like the defensive backs are pretty close in my opinion. One has Marshall, Marshall Lattimore, the other has like AJ Torrell, which I think are comparable uh, cornerbacks. And even at like safety and so on, I think like with the addition of Jesse Bates, I think it's a pretty comparable group. So honestly, uh, I just don't see it. I don't see how the Saints... I think the Saints get way too much hype. I also prefer, like, the Falcons head coach, which was a big talking point with the, um, with the like, Jaguars and Cowboys comparison. Arthur Smith? I prefer Arthur Smith to Dennis Allen, yeah. I don't know about that one. I mean... I'm, I just saying, I like... I'm all wheels up on the Saints. I'm ready. I'm ready to be talking about the Saints box scores every single week. For the end of the, I'm telling you, it's gonna be nice. Yeah, you you'll be talking about how, how close like Derek Carr is to Andy Dalton, yeah. Wow, mm. such a hater. 
I mean, sure, you can throw the bombs all you want when you get to the goal line. It's the same thing He's as got the Chiefs. Chris Olave. The bombs will result in touchdown. Whoa. He's got it. Or not. And then you will be talking about the same situation as like the Bills and the, the Chiefs. One team has success, the other just it's the Bills and can convert when they are get when they get to the goal line. I mean, I prefer my teams to be like steady and like build up those those nice runs uh, in the in possession. And I think the Falcons will be a team that is steady that will will win plenty of games with their pace of play. The defense is solid. I think like he gets a ton of crap that he shouldn't. The defense is solid. The offense will be will work which whichever QB they have at the helm. So yeah, to me, it's all goes up on the Falcons. I think they win this division easily. <laughs> The Falcons, I said it before, the Falcons, they have the frame of a Mustang and the and the the engine of a motorcycle. They don't got it. You just wait to see. Just wait The and see Saints this. got it. Yeah, no. I think the, the Saints have probably the motor of a what? A beat-up beetle? Mustang. Well, a beetle. <laughs> or, okay, okay. Let's give them the motor of a Mustang, but like the, the little chassis behind it. It's like a old ass beetle. So, I mean, it can go, it can go off, but the chassis will still fall off. Stop it. So let's start. Let's go back to the start and let's go to what actually inspired this. The Bears or the Packers? Oh boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, this started like in in one of our of our leagues in our fantasy leagues, uh, an argument that like, Heat. Heat. yeah, Real heat. <laughs> and like Angelo was pretty adamant, and I have also been pretty adamant that the Packers are still probably a good enough team to win some games in this division and probably make a run for the division, and we got some pushback there. <laughs> It was even to a point like it wasn't mentioned like straight up, but I mean, someone posted like a link of one one Twitter like guy I believe from he the was with player pro player profiler. yeah Cody Carpenter from Yes. who used to be with Player Profile, and I believe he had like the Bears going nine and eight and the Packers going like five and Five twelve and or twelve. something. Yes. I think that's asinine, dude. I think like. There's probably I think. not a single group that I think the, the Bears have better than the Packers at this point. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Packers are the perfect situation. For a quarterback. If Jordan Love is going to be great, this is the situation that he's going to be great in. If he's not, then he's not. And you move on. But if he's going to be great, this is the roster that you would want. This is the defense you would want. This is the offensive line you would want. And while the weapons don't look ideal, they have invested a lot of capital in them. So they can they hopefully will develop into something good. I mean, yeah, everyone mentions that the weapons are so young, but I mean, I think they spent, what, like, three second-round picks in these weapons, like Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson. I believe all of them were second-round picks. And Christian Watson, And then, they moved up for. yeah, Christian Watson, they moved up for. It was almost a first-round pick. I believe it was really early in the second. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot of capital invested there. I like all of the players. I don't love Romeo Dubs, but I think, like, he's... pretty feasible as a third guy. I think the team gets a lot of crap that he shouldn't. 
the defense is pretty solid. It's probably the best defense in the whole division. Uh, and not like only all that, around. this was this was a fantasy context, but you can put this to real life too. They play the Detroit defense, the Chicago defense, and the Minnesota defense twice a year. That's six of their games. Yeah, yeah, and not one of those defenses is, is elite, and most of them aren't even good at that point. So I, I I don't I don't understand the the Packers hate. I know that Jordan Love is a pretty big like he's a huge question, question mark. I understand. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, isn't Justin Fields a huge question mark as well as I a don't passer? Think so. I don't think so. Like I think Justin Fields passing. progressed a lot as a passer, and he can still run. Okay, okay, let's let's. Let's like <laughs> describe what it's like a great improvement. Do that two thousand yards passing last season. Two thousand yards passing last season. That's not like some great proficient thrower of the football. Like I believe the sense that we get from Justin Fields, it's mostly disrupted by what we we actually get from him in fantasy football and so on, because so many of us right now play fantasy football that we believe that like Justin Fields is a much better QB than we actually than he actually is. He looked pretty bad last year as well. He showed improvement, sure, from the the first year. But I mean, the first year season, he didn't even have two thousand, and the sophomore I'm... season he had twenty two hundred. Yes, he was improving believe... as a passer. Yes, I mean the dude improved from like one thousand to two thousand. That's still like bottom like what, like five in the league in passing. He still looked not good. I mean, improving from being the, the worst QB in the league to being like a bottom five QB in the league isn't great. I mean, his completion percentage went up. I mean, yeah. could it go any lower? His QBR doubled almost. What was it originally? 26.4. What are we talking about here? You went from 26, which is probably like historically low. To like 52, <laughs> which is like just bad. So, I mean, he's improving from like historically bad to bad. And we're calling it like great improvement. It is progression. You can't say it's not progression though. <laughs> and not only that, he has better weapons to throw to. You don't just say, oh, he has Darnell Mooney to throw to. At least now with DJ Moore, he'll have a reason to pass. What's the point of having a DJ more if the O line still isn't great? If you still can't read through through the like the through your progressions well enough to you to actually eat exactly those wide receivers? Yes, and how many of those was were actually created by him? How many of those were attributed to him? Because like one, he couldn't get rid of the ball when he should have. Two, because like he just move out of the pocket when it was a clear pocket and it led to sacks. I mean, we, we criticized the O-line a lot, but I mean, it was terrible, but it still it still made them look worse than they actually were. And I saw some posts about it and I had them saved there during the season. Like, a good part of the sacks were pretty much on him. And it's one of those things like the the, the sacks and so on shouldn't really be, and I've heard this argument plenty, the sacks and so on shouldn't really be an online stat. It should be a QB and online stat, stat because like some of those sacks are just created by the running back because he doesn't get rid of the ball, because he moves out of the pocket way too early, because he just doesn't get through his pro pro <laughs> progressions in time. 
and it leads to to more and more sex and like sure they invested the first round pick on the the o line I still don't think it will be a great o line i It'll be an improved O-line. it will be an improved o line but again it's much like last year field's improvement it's still going to be like from the worst o line in the league to like what a bottom 10 o line in the league All I'm saying and it will is improve this. from It a bottom would five to bottom it 10 isn't unheard of. It isn't like Justin Fields was an amazing Justin Fields. Jalen Hurts was an amazing quarterback or considered an amazing quarterback before last season. Sometimes it just clicks. Sometimes the stars align, and you don't know if that season is in him or not. But I think it's within his range of outcome. I don't know Yes. if it's going to happen, but it's definitely possible. I don't know, and I I I was pretty much out on Earth. I didn't think it would it would improve to the heights that it did last year, and I was wrong. Like he shocked me, but we still shouldn't look at that and think that it's the norm. Cases like Earth and Josh Allen shouldn't be the norm. Those are guys that took massive leaps, and even in those leaps, I mean, if you look at like twenty twenty, like the year prior to this. first resurgence and like last year Justin Fields I mean the stats have nothing alike I mean Hurts wasn't good but it wasn't like Hurts like Fields level bad there were like levels to this yeah like and, th and that's my problem because like we look at Hurts and the jump that he made from like year two to year three or whatever and we think that like Fields can make that same jump Because we saw it happen once, but one, like DJ Moore is not the type of wide receiver that AJ Brown is. Two, there's no one in that team that is even close to Devonta Smith talent-wise. Three, there's not a tight end in that tight end room that is even close to Dallas Goddard. And four, like Justin Fields was pretty darn bad last year. Way, way worse than Hertz was in the in his twenty in his second year. But you just, So. but you just described it. You just gave the answer. Yes, he was way worse, but the talent that was around him was also way worse. So, is it not unreasonable to believe that as the talent around him gets better, his production will also get better? And it has from last year to this year. But do we think he will take a hertz like jump or it will be a mini jump? Oh, no, it won't because, be that big, but it'll be a jump. I mean, how big of a jump? Does he break like 3,000 passing yards? Yeah, probably. Does he break like 300 and like uh, 3,500? Probably not. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't see it. I mean, we talk about like Helen, we talk about Hertz, those guys that like. Massive pieces being added on. DJ Moore is a good piece. He's not a great piece, in my opinion. The offensive line is nothing alike the Eagles' worst. The coaching staff, in my opinion, is nothing alike the Eagles' coaching staff. So, I mean, he can take a jump. But, I mean, if we're, if we're glamouring, like, those jumps from, like, 26 QBR to 52 and, like, 1,000 yards to 2,000 yards, if we're calling, like, those massive jumps and so on, he's just going from being, like, the worst QB in the league to bottom five. And maybe this year, I mean, maybe he takes another jump and he goes from, like, bottom five to bottom ten. At that point, I mean, you're, like, three to four seasons in just Phil's career. I'm pretty sure the Bears will pull the plug there if that's the jump that he takes. So unless he takes a jump to be like a top 15 QB in the league, a top 12 QB in the league, and like actually not like fantasy football, I don't think there's a future in which
Justin Fields is actually the best quarterback in 2024, 2025. And uh, I don't know how you can look at the Bears team and the Packers team, which was our main point, and think that there's any chance that the Bears have a worse, have a better record than the Packers. So it flabbergasted me when I saw that tweet, honestly. You have to have a lot of faith in Justin Fields to be a better quarterback than Jordan Love. Which I don't. I think, like, there's a pretty good chance Jordan Love is a better passer than Justin Fields. There is a there is a good chance that is likely. I think that's a great chance. Let's but... talk about what I talked about, because they seem to think that the people that we disagreed with seem to think that the ceiling for Jordan Love isn't astronomically high. Do you believe that Jordan Love could go out there and be basically another gunslinger a la a young Brett Favre and just wow us with arm talent? I don't think so this year. I think like he has the upside to, to be a good passer. I don't think he will be a gunslinger. I think it will be a lot of written throws. I think he will just keep that offense moving like drive by drive, not like many like flashy plays and so on just consistent play and i think he's capable of that i think if asked he could be a gunslinger i just don't think it will like have the same impact to the team that it will have if he follows like the game plan and so on i just think yeah i just think like i think it's definitely in him to fling the ball and the results be great i think that's within him now, I'm open to the idea that doesn't happen because the Packers team is so good. So they're going to be in a lot of games and they're not going to ask that of him. But at the same time, you play the defenses I told you. The Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears, their offense is a lot better than their defense. So who knows? Maybe he is going to be asked to sling the ball. Maybe he is going to be asked to throw a 60-yard bomb or be asked to pile on points on a weak defense. Sure. And, and I mean, to be frank, he has led a touchdown drive. It wasn't always pretty in the offseason, but he has led a touchdown drive in each of his like starts as a, a Packer in the preseason. I mean, I just think there's room to improve there, and I think like there's actually a, a solid to good QB in there in Jordan Love. Yeah. And, I mean... One thing that we also like always forget is like what a team actually asks from a player can like pretty much help his development, in my opinion. I mean, if you're asked to go out there and, and you talked about this with Burrow in his rookie season, if you go out there and you ask your guy to throw like 50 times a, a, a week to actually be in games, your guy just won't learn that much. I mean, you will learn, like, taking those risks will result in turnovers, but it will also pick up bad habits and so on if he's asked yep. to do that, like, consecutively. And yep. there's something about, like, trotting your guy there and telling him basically just run the game plan, throw those passes that you need to have a solid run game because you have the pieces around you and you have a defense that will make, like, that team pretty good and that will make those games close. So at that point, that's what Justin Fields doesn't but, have, in my opinion, and Jordan Love has. That's fair, and that's kind of the thing. There's level to the. There's levels to this. You don't just get to Patrick Mahomes overnight. You have to be allowed to a like have a so- solid support system around you, 
So you can try these different things. You can learn these different things. And then when it's asked of you to, in a big game moment, you can execute these things. I like I uh, Ren is actually a really big fan of Learn Under Fire. I'm simply not. Like I I think there's way more things that can go wrong learning under fire than the benefit of going right. Joe Burrow <laughs> didn't learn how to be a great quarterback because he got thrown out there on a team that had no chance. He got hurt if you don't remember. Yeah. And I mean it- there's plenty of examples of that. I think there's quite a few QBs that could have benefited from having that like solid system around them and not being thrown into the fire as quickly. Yeah. And it just wrecks some QBs, in my opinion. Like, I think it's wrecking Justin Fields, and it was one of the points that we agreed on when he was drafted by the Bears. When he was, was drafted, would... I'll just, I'm just going to say this. When he was drafted, my initial reaction was rip Justin Fields' career. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much the consensus in the chat that we were on when he was drafted. It's just that the situation was so, so bad and, like, there weren't a lot of things to work in there. And when you start to pick up those bad habits and when you start to develop those those mistakes and you, you have to do way too much to be in sad games, it's just like a snowball, in my opinion. It starts with the small mistakes and then those pile on, pile on, pile on. And at that point, I mean, you're just making mistakes to save games. And there's not there's not not really a lot of results to show for, and at the end of the day you lose your job because if there's no results the NFL is ruthless and you will basically be out of a job. So yeah, that, uh, that's kind of the thing because this is why I use the term dumpster fire organization so much because you can't be not every quarterback can be Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning where they can just take a terrible franchise, a historically terrible franchise, and then just will them to win. And then eventually the front office will get enough things right that they can actually compete. That's not a lot of people. You have to be really special to overcome the Bears. You have to be really special to overcome the Browns. So, I don't know. I I think it's unfair to a lot of athletes what they're expected to do, especially when you're in an organization that is so accustomed to failing and is so accustomed to losing and does not have the team around you first. Speaking of a team that is good at doing that, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Since we're talking about Green Bay, Kenny Pickett or Jordan Love, who you got? Because these are two, I will say this, as much as I hate the freaking Steelers because I'm a Bengals fan, they get that right. They get the other stuff around the quarterback first, then they get the quarterback usually. God, those are two guys that I really like, and it's probably yeah. the biggest uh, like decision it's that really I have in this, this or that. I it's really I close. Would, I think I would go with Kenny Pickett, though. Like, slight, slight edge to Kenny Pickett, because I trust Mike Tomlin a bit more, and I trust the weapons that he has around him a bit more. As we mentioned, like with Green Bay, all of the weapons are sort of new, although we believe in them, they are all a bit new. And that's not the case with like uh, St- the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have one really good vet wide receiver in Deontay Johnson. Uh, and I think there's a connection there. And I think like Kenny Pickett will actually improve this year. The defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers is also slightly better with TJ Watts in there. The O-line isn't as good as the Packers, in my opinion. 
it's not really close probably but I still prefer yeah I still prefer Kenny Pickett slightly ahead of Jordan Love because I mean I also saw Kenny Pickett play more than I did Jordan Love and I think I think there's something there with Kenny so So, I didn't realize it, but my uh, fiance actually unplugged my laptop, and I got the, your battery is running low. (laughs) Probably a good time to cut there. (laughs) One second. All right, now I should be good. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that because mess ups happen. I actually like keeping the mess ups in. I'm really weird like that though. (laughs) I think it makes it feel more. No, I'm serious. I think it makes it feel more natural. And while, yes, you could argue that, and as we grow bigger, keeping the mess ups in probably won't be ideal. It doesn't. It isn't exactly what the most put together group will look like, but. That's not us right now. So I think keeping the natural mistakes in look better. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the same as well. I mean, we're just ordinary people like our listeners. Basically, we just had this idea of doing this podcast. I mean, you had this idea of doing this podcast and invited me on. Yeah. And I mean, we're just regular people trying to to do what we can here with like what we have basically and yeah mess ups happen and it's not a perfect show (laughs) we don't claim to be a perfect show so so you said uh, before i got the your battery is running low notification you said kenny pickett you said you have more faith in the weapons you have more faith in mike tomlin as a coach i don't know if i have more faith in mike tomlin than lafleur lafleur because uh, I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking how to wear this. I have overall more faith in Mike Tomlin to win a game. I think when it comes to offense, I'd rather have Mike Lafleur or yeah, Lafleur's schemes. So for that reason, I'm going Jordan Love. I do think the situation in Green Bay is a little bit better than Pittsburgh, and I think the ceiling with the if you love. Pittsburgh's offense, I don't get how you don't love and see the same things that could be that could be possible for Green Bay. Unless you believe that George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are just these amazing already homegrown talents. Which no. I, I, I don't know. Deontay no. is a target hog. I get that. But Christian Watson, he's a man. And George Pickens is also a man. <laughs> that is true but yeah at the end of the day it's like it's marginal why i prefer kenny to to jordan love he also yeah, has like a year of actually like starting in the nfl and so on which gives him that that bit of an experience uh, which like sitting behind the starter is also good experience just not like having that game time and so on so slight slight hatch to kenny pickett but i think both of them will actually be good starters in the nfl for a while I don't know. 
Ken, see, here's the problem. Jordan Love is actually younger than Kenny Pickett. He is. Yes. And, and Jordan Love has been in, sitting for like three years. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like I don't know. I just think that with Burrow, it's different. Burrow came in old, but Burrow was basically great from the time. Like if you couldn't see it in Burrow from the time he took a football field, I don't know what you're watching. Kenny Pickett got better as the season went along, but I don't know if I saw the same it factor in Kenny Pickett that I did in Joe Burrow. And you kind of have to have that, especially if you're going to be an older quarterback coming into the league. So for that reason, I kind of have Jordan Love. Yes, they're about the same age. Jordan Love's been in the NFL two or three more years. He's had that much more time to get it right. And Kenny Pickett hasn't. Yeah, but I mean, there's something about experience as well. And I think like a year of it actually like playing in the NFL experience that like Kenny Pickett had, I think that gives him a slight, slight edge. But I mean, I don't hate Jordan Love as well. I think that it's it's incredibly close to my in my opinion. I just think mm-hmm. both will do well in the league and giving it a slight edge here to the guy who has a coach who I prefer more which isn't the case with you. You prefer, like, Mike LaFleur over Mike Tomlin. I think Tomlin will actually Offensively. Be... Offensively. Offensively. Overall, yeah, yeah. Tomlin. Offensively, LaFleur. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, the big issue with Kenny Pickett to me, it's still Matt Canada. Resident Matt Canada hater here. Uh, I just... And there's another big problem. Yeah. And this, is, would... this is another reason why I say offensively, LaFleur. Yeah, I would hope there's another offensive coordinator to pick it next year. Still, uh, the talent I, I had, can he pick it slightly higher coming out of college than Jordan Love when he did? So, slight, slight edge to pick it, but I don't think there's a wrong answer here. So, I think we're on the last one, and I actually think we've gone just about an hour, if not really close. Yeah. This is probably going to be the most... Uh, debated one because I know what you're going to pick and I know what I'm going to pick because the picks are obvious Colts versus Texans Colts or Texans it's obviously the Colts to me yeah <laughs> yeah you, I know you are the res- resident CJ Stroud fan isn't aren't you I think I might have to be so here's the thing here's the thing okay so I want you to strip away everything that you know about the Colts strip away. Because here's what you know about the Colts strip away. Andrew luck strip away. Peyton Manning. The Colts are a terrible, terrible organization. At least the Texans can say they made a playoff with Matt Schaub under center. Okay. At least they were able to facilitate. I'd I'd say Schwab was barely above average starting caliber quarterback into the playoffs. CJ Stroud has the potential to be the best quarterback the Texans have ever had. And you cannot say that with a straight face to me about Anthony Richardson. Go ahead. Can't say. I mean, say, I say, Richardson, don't... say Richardson can be better than luck. I mean, are you really telling me that CJ Stroud will be better in the Tex in a Texans uniform that Deshaun Watson was? He could. 
He could last a lot longer. That's for dang sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Anthony Richardson can also last a whole lot longer than Andrew Luck. Ooh, that one hurt. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's it's the Colts because I mean, I look at the offensive line, which will give like the QB time to pass. And I no like one the agrees if the line. offensive line. Here's 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 something that's concerning me. No one agrees if the offensive line for the Colts is good or not. I've seen as high as top ten, and as low as bottom ten. That's concerning. I think it's a good O line. It had, I mean, I... the Colts for the last few years, like the last two three years, have had a pretty good offensive line. Apart from last year, who struggled. I mean. There was some regression there, and I think it's it's due to a bounce back because I mean the the offensive line has been. Is it due for a bounce back? So here's the thing: you had Matt Ryan last year and Carson Wentz. They aren't exactly the most mobile of folks, so your job was pretty straightforward. Anthony Richardson is a whole other animal, and don't you dare come in here and say Justin Fields potentially create sacks and don't think that's not also possible for Anthony Richardson, especially in his rookie year. It is. It is possible. Exactly. That's true. I mean, I mean, I don't think like if you look at, for example, I don't know, if you look at like as um, far as... Quentin Nelson, for example, okay. Quentin Nelson has allowed like what minimal amount of sacks in his yep. first like few years. How many sacks did he allow last year? I'm actually trying to. I mean, I'm actually trying to find that out because I I read the stat the other day, and it was like he, he allowed basically double the amount of sex there he allowed for the rest of his career. So, I think it was basically a down year. It, it happens to some units, and it happens to some players. They just have a down year here and there. He's still one of the better guards in the league, and I think it's probably the better line player out of the two teams, in my opinion. Even so with. He- Here's the thing. You're also CJ Stroud was the most accurate quarterback in OSU history. We also have another OSU quarterback in the NFL called Justin Fields. So here's the thing. If you wanted to tell me CJ Stroud's or CJ Stroud's Anthony Richardson's weapons are better Congratulations, but the Colts' weapons around C.J. Stroud is still error 404, not bound. So, I just want to point out that you are comparing, like, Michael Pittman from the Colts, who I don't love. You are comparing him right now to the wide receiver one in the Texans, which is Robert Woods. Yes. 30 or 31-year-old Robert Woods. John Mechie. John Mechie isn't even like the top three. Neither is Tank. Uh, I oh, believe okay. the two oh. right now is Nico Collins. Oh, Nico. I forgot about Nico. Yeah. Nico Collins, yeah. And the, the three, I mean, I don't even know who the three is at this point. Probably named like, it with one of those two. Uh, I don't I don't think so, but I can actually just like check here. Yeah, it's oh. Noah Brown. Oh, Noah Brown. That's actually a lot better than I thought. So <laughs> It's a terrible wide receiver group. It's not great. But here's also the thing. The Colts are losing Jonathan Taylor. The Texans are not losing Damian Pierce. 
Yes. Time. Yeah. And I mean, I do want to bring it back to a point that you made that CJ Stroud was one of the most accurate QBs in OSU history. Yep. I would like to point out that it's pretty easy to be one of the most accurate QBs when all you have to do is like pitch and catch because the read is there. There's not really a big issue in the read. So like, why didn't you just Justin basically... Fields do it? Because Justin Fields was, to my point, I think CJ Stroud was a better QB in OSU than Justin Fields was. So you are talking with the, the resident Fields hater here. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I think he, he was one of the better QBs out of that US kind of OSU bunch. I don't question CJ Stroud's ability to deliver the football to whatever he's throwing to. I do question Anthony Richardson's because even though Anthony Richardson can have your highlight throws and your amazing throws that we're going to see on ESPN's top 10, he's also going to miss half of them. Every other he throw he does. He will. So, he will. so I don't know. I I think Anthony. It's, it, this this is probably going to come back to another Trey Lance conversation. There's a there's a good chance the Colts mess this up that bad. But Anthony Richardson has all the tools to be a great quarterback in this league. The Colts have surrounded him with basically nothing. I mean, they have surrounded him with and more than what the Texans have surrounded CJ Stroud right now. But CJ, but CJ Stroud's game is more predicated on precision. CJ Stroud is more likely to throw you open than Anthony Richardson is. Anthony Richardson is going to run for two hundred yards in the game, but CJ Stroud is going to make throws Anthony Richardson can only dream of more than once a game. Yeah, it's also pretty easy to like throw open guys like I don't know Jackson Smith and Jigba, <laughs> and, and I mean, do you even know one of the wide receivers that like Anthony Richardson had in Florida? Didn't he have Kyle Pitts? No, that was Kyle Trask. I'm gonna swear yeah. he had Kyle Pitts for the last year. But no, I no, no. Not. Yeah, I don't either. So. <laughs> which basically tells you all you need to know i mean like you know as you scroll that at the white receivers saying, are you saying it's that bit different of a situation because i'm not gonna lie you don't have to go very far to find a weapons core better than the Colts. you don't I have mean, to go very no. far no, but you you do you do need to go further than you have if you are talking about the Texans wide receiver core. So, right, but we're talking about two different. <laughs> that's the thing. What Anthony Richardson is strong at and what C.J. Stroud is strong at, two completely different things. What what Anthony Richardson is also pretty strong about is he was one of the better QBs in the the best year draft class in avoiding sacks. So that's also a point in his favor. Which is CJ Stroud, if he follows the trend of the other OSU QBs, he will struggle with the sacks because, I mean, it's one thing to go from one to throw it. I mean, like you mentioned with Cooper Cup, one to one to throw it to Cooper Cup. It was basically one to throw it to the open wide receiver that was the read prior to the play starting. And now you're going to one to sack because the read won't be open because the level of wide receiver isn't as good as it was in OSU and the level of the O-line clearly isn't as good as it was with uh, OSU. 
especially when you're talking about the competition that you're facing. So while Anthony Richardson basically is going to a better situation than what he had in Florida, in my opinion, it's a better line than he had in Florida, probably better weapons than what he had in Florida. To me, it's just like one of those guys had a complete downgrade on every single aspect of his team from college, and the other guy had a complete upgrade. So I'm just going with the guy who's an athletic freak who made like some of those wow and I'm hoping that he also has, in my opinion, a much more offensive head coach. And I think he will be able. I think I think Anthony Richardson will surprise you, and I definitely would bet that the Colts finish with more wins than the Texans. I think it's going to be a lot closer than you think. I think they win at least two or three more games than the Texans do. Look a That's whole lot happening. better. Yeah, and they look a whole lot better, especially by the end of the season. You can book it, by the way. You can book it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> we got the no reserves bet. The Colts will finish two or three games better than the Houston Texans this season. Yes. I don't think it's that I don't think it's that big of a gap. I'll take my three. <laughs> so there you go. Ooh. I think that's enough football for today. I think we talked about everything, yeah. Yeah, I think I, we talked about it. So if you've gotten this far, thank you so much. Join us next week when we're gonna run down the Detroit Lions versus the Chiefs. And let me just say that's a great freaking game to start an NFL season, don't you think? Yeah, I am I think I mean in the NFL you want be, numbers. There's gonna be so much you, offense in that game. Yeah, you want those high scoring games and NFL nailed it there. That's where they they are the number one sport in America, I guess. Yep, they give you what you want. Yep. So go ahead if you like us, do the social media stuff. Go ahead and check out the basketball podcast. Alex isn't on it, but I am. And we now have a fancy donate button if you wanted to be so kind. Also, something um that got discussed for one of the uh, Patreon bonuses. It's not going to happen this year, but I want to. I want to get your reaction live. How would you think about this? Having Shit. a tier mm-hmm. that got you access to a no reserves fantasy football league. Oh, where I'm you totally money at the end. I'm totally down for it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love a good fan- a good fantasy football league, and I mean. I mean, way too too few redrafts, so. I'm all in. I'm ready for it. (laughs) But anyway, I'm ready to get out of here. I need to pass out. My headache is now a level seven. So thank you all for listening. Alex, sign us out. All right, guys. Don't forget to also. Angel always forgets this, but don't forget to always rate us five stars as well. And as always, have a good one, guys. Peace. Apple Pod is actually our number two or three listened uh, platform. So you are correct on that. Perfect.